When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Once again, for another episode of Bad Language, I am Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I am so proud to be a part of the podcast platform that brings to you everything that you need, 22 original shows in the regular season, a week, yes, I said a week, to cover everything about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm the podcast producer, and I'm telling you, If you need to know, you go to BTSC first, whether it's the editorial side, whether it is the podcast side. If you're in your car, you want to hear about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have 22 different options every single week. If it's an injury report, we got it. If it's the Mike Tomlin press conference reaction, we've got it. If it's a right after the game, if it's right after the game and it's a wrap up, with a post-game show, it's there too. Film room study, we've got it in audio form. We also have that on the editorial side as well with everything that you need to know. They call it the one-stop shop. I call it the non-stop shop, and there's a reason for it because we are there 24-7, 365. Yes, we work on Christmas Day. Yes, we work on Arbor Day. We work whenever the Steelers are working. We work when the Steelers are not working. That's how we work to give you everything black and gold. Now, if you missed Jeff Hartman's winners and losers from the Seattle-Pittsburgh preseason week one game, that was this morning on Let's Ride. It was a great show. Go ahead and check that out. We've got the film room study that we have called From the Cutting Room Floor. That's with Jeffrey Benedict. That is tomorrow morning, which would be a Tuesday premiering at five, but if you don't hear it right at that time, that's what the archives are for. Any show that you miss, man, we have it here at BTSC. If you want to go hear what I said about the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game back in November of 2018, you can. It's possible. You just go back anywhere you download a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. No, forget that. Anywhere you download your favorite podcast, you're going to find that stuff. So go and look. It's not hard to find. What's also not hard to find is excitement right now. It was reserved excitement before the game. Yes, the Steelers brought in Kenny Pickett. They brought in Mitch Trubisky. They brought in Miles Jack. 
They brought in George Pickens, but nobody ever saw them play a game in black and gold. And those guys got an opportunity to play on Saturday night. What are the reviews? Well, my friends, the reviews are in. We got to see what happened. And I've got to tell you, never in my lifetime have I witnessed such excitement over a preseason performance of not just one player, but multi-players. This was exciting. This was the most exciting preseason game I think I've ever watched. Because I said it, I went on record right before this game. And I had no problem saying it. And I I will continue to say this for the rest of my Steelers career and podcasting, the rest of my life just being a fan. Preseason games do not matter. The wins and losses do not matter. What happens on that playing field is what matters. The individual performances matter. Knowing what these guys can do, no matter who they're facing and what quarter they're facing, has got to be put into perspective because it's not the same as the regular season all the time. But sometimes it actually is, especially especially when the ones are going up against the ones. And we saw some good things with ones going up against ones. Actually, Steelers not ones. Steelers players that aren't ones going up against ones I'm saying first team, if you don't understand what I'm saying. It was a pretty big deal the other day. Mitch Trubisky looked good. He got out of trouble. It looked like, I mean, James Daniels, another newcomer, who I don't know whether that was completely his whiff on that play. I, I have to go back and look at it a little bit better. But James Daniels was the uh, the man that uh, Charlie Batch said, let a guy through. And what happened? Mitch Trubisky turned what was going to be a sack into a completion. He got out of trouble and it was amazing. He also led the Steelers to a touchdown drive to Gunnar Olszewski, another newcomer who I looked, I thought looked really good on that drive too. And he's not considered a starter. He's considered a special teams guy. He's an all-pro special teams guy, but he's considered a guy that, well, you know what? He could be on the bubble because there's so much wide receiver talent. What happens? Anthony Miller goes down with a shoulder injury. In practice, I believe it was Thursday or Friday. And Gunner gets the nod. And Gunner had a few catches, looked really good. And that's all you need to know. Because you have those guys in that position that don't catch a lot of balls, but they're great, they're special teams aces. Ryan Switzer was a good special teams guy. He was a solid special teams guy, but he didn't go anywhere after he caught the ball. He caught a lot of balls, but just they called him Mr. Electronic Football. I thought he was serviceable. I thought he was a good addition to this team. But Gunnar O looks to be that guy that can make a huge difference and continue difference and continue to be an all pro. So I think great pre, pre excuse me a great season off season pickup, and he's the guy that uh, definitely could make the team just because of that performance. Because the thing on him was, yeah, we know what he can do on special teams. Can he be a wide receiver too? 
he might be your sixth wide receiver, but that's very important on this team if he's a special teams guy. But back to Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky got it done. So did Mason Rudolph. Now, I will say this. Mason Rudolph had two touchdown passes. But they it wasn't as pretty as what was done by Mitch and the rookie Kenny Pickett. Mason Rudolph did not... He, he did not not take advantage of the situation. He did. The problem for Mason Rudolph is both other quarterbacks did too. Was it Matt Canada's scheme that was a big help? Yeah, I'm sure it was. But Mason Rudolph contributed and did what he, what he could do. He's going to continue to fight for that job. He's also going to continue to look good just in case other teams come a-calling. And for a guy that this is the end of his contract, for that guy, that's very important to have a good showing. Whether he stays in Pittsburgh the entire year or whether he starts his new career with another team, with a contract looming, that could be a big deal for him. Now, my question is this, why the hate for Mason Rudolph? When Deontay Johnson got his new contract, you needed somebody to hate. Why do we always have to have a player that we need to hate? Well, people are rooting against this guy. I don't know why you're rooting against this guy. We should be happy with the fact that all three guys are looking good. And if you're rooting for Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, you also root for Mason Rudolph. If you read between the lines, sure, Mason Rudolph is going to get every opportunity to start, but they don't bring these guys in if they think that unequivocally Mason Rudolph is the starter. So these guys were brought in to eventually start, both of them. Mitch Moore for year one, Kenny for beyond. But the thing about it is you're getting what you want if Mason plays amazing. Don't boo this guy. Stop it. If Mason plays amazing and somehow he becomes the quarterback of this team, and they win the Super Bowl, you win. You definitely win. But that's probably not going to happen. Mason can play amazing, and then other good things could happen. Because right now, when you have good performances by the other two guys, that means Mason's probably not going to take that job. Because the good performances you're getting right now out of just, I realize, just one preseason game, but there's only three. That means that those guys are going to have the advantage. And Mason will be there to back up and back up capably and back up well. You saw what he did in 2019. He backed up well. Was he perfect? No, but he was still a rookie. Even though he was in his second year, he never played. 
So all I'm saying about this is that Mason can go somewhere else. Or Mason can be valuable to this team. But it looks like those other guys are playing well enough to get their moments and get their opportunities. And that's all you want. You did not want bad quarterback play and Mason be the only one that was good. But if that happens, you got got to go with a guy like Mason. So think about this. If you've got three guys playing well, then you've got an embarrassment of riches and you've got backup plans. You also have a trade plan because you have Chris Oloduco. You have that guy too that could be a three. You don't have to have a fantastic number three QB. But what happens if somebody call, comes a calling? Look, the Jets lost Zach Wilson for four weeks. Doesn't mean that they're going to call and say, hey, we want Mason Rudolph right now. But if he goes out for four weeks, it could have been a lot longer. My gosh, people had him traded to had Mason traded to the Jets on Friday night. All I'm saying is this, a quarterback is going to go down. Heck, it could be a Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback that goes down. And having Mason Rudolph is a whole lot better. So by booing this guy, you're hindering him. Stop it. Stop booing Mason Rudolph. But you had a lot of guys make great plays. In this game. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, something that I noticed more than anything was that the Pittsburgh media and some pessimistic fans were looking for bad things. They were looking for things to be bad, wrong. They were looking for that next guy to hate. I think they found him and he didn't really do anything that bad. And we'll talk about him after the break. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is Bad Language. And we will be back right after this on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am Brian Anthony Davis. I am the podcast producer here at Behind the Steel Curtain, and I am elated because the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Seattle Seahawks with a last-second touchdown by Kenny Pickett on Saturday night by the score of 32-25. to Hey, it's preseason. You're going to give up a lot of points. That's fine. But I don't remember many preseason games where the Steelers scored over 30. And just a game when the Steelers score over 30 feels pretty good, which means that they are a lot more ahead than I thought that they would be at this point. So one thing we were talking about in the first half of this show was how Pittsburgh Steelers fans are looking for somebody to be down on. They're looking for that guy that they hate, which I abhor. I I wish we did not do that as fans. But there's a bullseye on guys all the time. 
The bullseye was on Deontay Johnson for something he didn't do. And what was that? It was for holding out, for going to be a contract problem, for being a diva, which he wasn't. But we threw all these things. We thought, oh, he needs a contract. He's not worth the money. But he signed a team-friendly deal, what I thought, a deal that also worked for him. I think it was below market value for a player like that. But he's no longer public enemy number one in Pittsburgh. He's not. That falls to Devin Bush and Mason Rudolph. And Mason Rudolph just for existing. Devin Bush for getting hurt and not being the guy that he could have been. But he also has had the time to heal. And this is the telling moments for him. This is the preseason. Now everybody has their sights right on the middle linebacker position, the inside linebackers. People are loving the way the defense looked when Miles Jack was in there. There was a big difference when Miles Jack was not in there. So that looks to be a great acquisition. But the problem right now is could the duo of Robert Spillane and Devin Bush Jr. do it? I think they can with the rest of that defense and the scheme and what Brian Flores and Terrell Austin have in mind, or let's go vice versa, Terrell Austin and Brian Flores have in mind. You know, and the reason I'm saying that is I I, I think we're going to put way too much stock in the first preseason game because of the bad things. But everybody's down on Devin Bush. I mean, I had a, a text from a buddy. Hey, how did Bush look? I didn't get to see too much. Bush did not look great on one play, but that's everything that is being highlighted. Bush looked decent on other things. Bush is not the bust that you think he is. He's just not playing at a superstar level that you would think of a guy that you traded up 10 spots for in the 2019 draft. But stop the hate, man. Stop being down on guys. You know, I know Pittsburgh Steelers fans that they turn around right after the Steelers win a Super Bowl. And yeah, they're not going to win next year, though. Why do we care about that? Live for the moment. The Starship, they had a song, Tomorrow Doesn't Matter Tonight. Do that for the 2022 season. Don't worry about tomorrow right now. Worry about tonight. And tonight being the 2022 season. Okay, Devin Bush is the guy that you're a little bit concerned about. But we're looking so hard for things to be concerned with. We're yinzers, man. We're pessimistic at heart, it seems. And I I think what happens is... When everything's going good, oh, but it's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong. I know it. I just know it. Embrace success. Embrace what's good. What was the big concern? Everybody thinks, oh, the quarterbacks in Pittsburgh are going to be bad. And then we start believing it because these guys aren't Ben Roethlisberger. But the fact that they're not Ben Roethlisberger is going to help. 
because these guys fit a Matt Canada scheme, which means Matt Canada scheme is probably going to be a help. You know, when, when you lost Bruce Arians, when I say lost, I mean, they did dismiss him, but when he was gone, you're like, ah, they're not going to score points like they used to. But what happened? Ben Roethlisberger was a whole lot healthier under Todd Haley, but people hated the Todd Haley scheme. And then Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Haley didn't get along. And people were rejoicing when Todd Haley was gone. But how many of you wanted Todd Haley back when you saw Randy Feetner and that offense just not know what to do? Because Ben Roethlisberger became the offensive coordinator. Then he's hurt, and you've got an even bigger problem. Then the offense was stagnant. They, they just couldn't do anything. Then you bring Matt Canada in, and Matt Canada's in with a bad system. Now, no one was saying we need Randy, but they're, they're just saying that Matt Canada's the wrong guy. Matt Canada didn't even get a chance. You're going to see more what Matt Canada's offense can do this year especially since it started to get instituted the last two seasons, mostly last season. But you saw what it could do. But we're still looking for that to go wrong. The quarterbacks, I know you feel a little bit better about quarterbacks today. And I love it. I love that you do. And I know that you feel a lot better about the depth behind the running backs. Behind Najee Harris, the depth of the running backs, excuse me. And the reason you feel better about it is this. We haven't even seen Benny Snell play. And you know, Benny Snell still has a place here. And a lot of people are down on that guy since the very beginning. And I don't think we helped when we had a podcaster call him Benny No Jets. I, I don't think that helped. But we've been down on this guy. I am not a fan, but I'm a fan when he comes in and does some good things like he did against the Chargers, against the Giants, against the, my gosh, he did it against the the Cleveland Browns on December 1st. He looked pretty good in that game. December 1st of 19, when they really needed that, Duck Hodges started that game. But we finally got to see Anthony McFarland, who would have been on that list. Everybody was ready to run Anthony out of town. Everybody was ready to crown Jalen Warren as the next guy. And I think they're going to do it even more. After that game on Saturday night, Jalen Warren did some really good things. He could be the next guy. The guy I was excited about, Mateo Durant, took a little bit of a a fallback. But now you're not, after seeing Jalen Warren in action, you're not looking for other guys now. You're not looking into bringing the David Johnsons or the Jordan Howards or guys like that now. Because you feel more comfortable. Just brought in Jeremy McNichols and now he's gone. After less than a week, he gets hurt. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they found some guys. They found another guy. 
they found Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward's no joke, guys. He's not just Cam Hayward's brother. In fact, stop calling him Cam Hayward's brother. He's Connor Hayward with a capital C and a capital H. And this guy really can be a fantastic tight end for this team. I feel bad for Kevin Rader, who's been good for this team. He'll probably end up back on the practice squad unless there's an injury. You know Zach Gentry, and you know that uh, Pat Fryermuth are the guys, but Connor Hayward's the real deal, knows how to catch a football, knows how to do a lot of the dirty work. I think uh, he's got that, that Hayward work ethic. He's got that Hayward toughness. Yeah, I, I really think that you found another tight end, too, to be excited about. So the tight end stable, which everybody was fine with to begin with, now is so much better. The running backs are so much better. And also, you know who's so much better? The quarterback situation, you feel so much better. Everybody thought that the wide receivers were going to be loaded. I think a lot of people feel that you had a lot of number twos. A lot of people feel now that George Pickens is a number one, but he's not the number one. I still think your number one is Deontay Johnson, but because of that, you're going to go ahead and see a lot of action. And I'm telling you a lot of action out of George Pickens. And he's already, I think he's already the preseason favorite for NFL Rookie of the Year, which I really don't want that. I don't want that at all. I mean, if he plays that way, yes, but I don't want him to be a preseason favorite. But I think he's got the swagger, and I think he's got the ability, and I don't think that that he's going to falter. And also, what they did do with Martavis Bryant, they're not going to do with George Pickens. <laughs> George Pickens, they're going to unleash him right away. I cannot wait. So the wide receivers, you've got you've got an embarrassment of riches there. Miles Boykin looked good. Calvin Austin third got hurt, did not play. Also, Anthony Miller got hurt and didn't play. Tyler Vaughn's looked good. He had that game winning touchdown. I still don't think that's going to be enough but I think there's going to be some really good players going to other teams because this wide receiver situation is so good in Pittsburgh. You haven't even seen what Chase Claypool can do, and I really think he's going to have a monster year. The only thing is there's a lot of balls to go around. There's going to be a lot of, lot less numbers. Eh, we know that. But who are you looking at as the bad guy on offense besides – Mason Rudolph just because he wants his job. It feels pretty good. The offensive line. We still don't know what you have in Pittsburgh on the offensive line. But they ran the ball a lot, which they weren't doing well last year. In fact, they ran the ball well. And I thought that was the biggest problem of the offensive line. Now, you turn around and the offensive line 
you know, they gave up some sacks. They gave up three sacks. So now it's going to get better with the pass rushing. They've got to stop that pass rush. But it was preseason week one. Feel excited about it. On the defense, I thought I saw some good plays by defensive backs. I saw good plays all around. Yeah, they gave up a lot of yards. But here's the problem. No Tyson, no Larry O, no Cam. Those guys weren't in there. TJ's not in there. A lot of guys not in there. But it just looked and felt different on the offensive side of the ball. It looked and felt different on the defensive side of the ball, all in a good way. So, instead of looking for things to go wrong, look at how things can go right. And you saw what the Steelers can do. And you saw the P word, potential, of what this team can do. And it's enough to feel a whole lot better about. You know that guy that put $15,000? They were talking about this on what Ian's talking about. On the Steelers with the over of 7.5 wins? Yeah, I I bet you that line's going to change. I think the Steelers can do a whole lot better than 7.5 wins in 2022 with what I saw the other night. But I don't want to get too excited, but I will say this. The most exciting preseason game I ever saw was the other night. With that being said, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You have just been suckered into listening to 30 minutes of bad language, and I thank you. And you know, I ain't apologizing for nothing.